Hi everyone, welcome to Kind Conversations, the podcast. I'm going to be talking to people from all around the world, people sharing their amazing stories of kindness, and I want you to come along for the adventure. This podcast will be a kindness boost for your soul. Thank you so much for being here. everyone I hope you're keeping well welcome to this new conversation I'm talking to the founder of a home for art Michelle Brianna a home for art is dedicated to providing disadvantaged youth with the tools they need to succeed through art music literature and drama they offer creative opportunities and imaginative solutions that empower children from ages 6 through to 17 We cover so much in this chat and we really unlock what it means to be curious and what a gift that is. So without further ado, here's to the conversation. Right, welcome to Kind Conversations. I am so excited because I have Mishala here from A Home for Art. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely to uh, it's lovely to finally chat to you because we've kind of chatted backwards and forwards, and we had this date set in, and then I put it off because I think one of my children was ill, and so it feels like we finally got together, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apologies for that, but we're here, which is good. Um, and to be honest with you, your background is so amazing I don't really know where to start you have done so much oh thank you could you tell us a little bit about well everything that you've done before a home for art and then we'll get on to that in a bit sure so when I started out in life um I did a lot of traveling with my parents they were professional ice skaters and we traveled all over the U.S but it was a bit of an unstable family situation. And so I was actually essentially adopted by my grandparents at 10. And my grandmother then gave me all of these wonderful opportunities. You know, she really took the time to say, what do you want to do? What are your dreams? What do you want to try? So um, I got into pottery and painting classes and I taught children's gymnastics and Um, I taught pre-K for a little while. I was a Disney entertainer where I was friends with some of the characters there. That's what we say, friends with. (laughs) Amazing. And um, a photographer's assistant. Um, I did serve for a little while, and I was a nanny. I started a party company for children where we did Star Wars and Disney characters for parties and special events. Um, I became a published author. For children, and I'm getting ready to put out a game application that's kind of an educational fun outlet for kids as well, for phones and computers. Um, I've done a little bit of freelance marketing and website design, and I was a professional singer for a while. So <laughs> I did I did robot handling. I mean, <laughs> oh my it's really been diverse. So. Um, something my grandmother really instilled in me was just don't say no to any opportunity and try everything. And 
not that yeah so and, and what I love so much is that through everything that you've done there's this kind of stream of creativity and you know the children and it kind of you can almost see how your journey has led you to where you are today um and it's so beautiful isn't it because you pick up so many things along the way don't you just through trying things Mm -hmm. it's there's a real gift in that isn't there I think some people feel like oh they need to do one thing and be good at it and then that's it that's success Mm -hmm. but actually it's lovely trying lots of things isn't it Absolutely. And in the moment, you know, I would say from, I would say from 13 on, I'm 32 now, um, but from 13 to about 29, I felt very lost, Mm. you know, because at that time I was having these wonderful experiences, but I was always looking for the meaning. Why am I doing this? Why am I not totally satisfied with what I'm doing? Mm. Um, You know, what am I here for? What's my purpose? That sort of thing. So to get to where I am now, where I founded a home for art in February of 2019 and to realize I struggled as a child and lived in poverty and lived in, you know, these situations so that I could work with that population now. Mm. And I did the singing and this art and this teaching and dancing so that I could then apply that knowledge to what I'm doing with the nonprofit. So it was really powerful. Yeah to have all of those things come full circle and be like, wow, okay, this is what I'm to be doing. And to speak to, to what you said um, about taking something from each. I mean, you know, even if I didn't love something that I was doing, I definitely drew from it, you know, to, to have that first party company, I learned how to make a business and how to incorporate and do the legal aspect so that I could take that into the nonprofit. Yes. And yeah, I mean, every, everything, there was definitely something to draw from. So it's been a really powerful journey. Definitely. And I, I kind of, I live by the, um, I'm a big Elizabeth Gilbert fan. Um, and I think she did a speech not so long ago about um, how she, she found herself um, kind of after Eat, Pray, Love, kind of doing this whole, you know, just do what you love, do what you're passionate about, and that's all that matters in life. And then mm-hmm. I think somebody wrote to her and said, actually, I'm not passionate about anything, and, and now I feel really worthless and use- mm. useless because you've told me I should just do what I'm passionate about, and I don't know what to do. Um, and then she kind of, Elizabeth Gilbert kind of changed her tact and said, actually, just just be curious and I live by that now because oh, I love that I think your curiosity can take you to so many wonderful places can't it that you you know you get so much from just living a life of curiosity really I do a lot of public speaking for youth and one of my messages to them is you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that curiosity is a big part of that. I hear a lot of people that I talk to now say, I'd really love to go back to school, but I'm in my fifties, I'm in my Mm sixties or in my thirties. And they have that curiosity and that desire to learn or to grow or to try something else. But they really say, Oh, I'm too old now, or I have Mm -hmm. kids now, or it's just not feasible. But I still, again, say, go for it. You know, Definitely. I, um, 
I started my bachelor's in creative writing and ended up getting a second in human developmental psychology. And then I started my master's in clinical counseling, but I still want to get a master's in creative writing and then a PhD in something. I haven't decided which one yet, but I would be a lifelong student if I could. So I really advocate for education. And, you know, if you get a business degree at 21 and at 50 decide you want to go to law school, go for it. Yeah. There's there's really time and life, in, in my opinion, you know, we're here not to survive mechanically, but to thrive passionately. And so the, the purpose is to be here and experience life, experience sadness, joy, to gain knowledge. And, you know, we can do that through these artistic experiences and, and academic and career experiences if we'll be open to them. That is absolutely beautiful I think that yeah I I 110% agree with that I just think yeah life is for the living isn't it and to sit back and think oh gosh it's too late or you know other people are doing it better or whatever I think you've just got to go out there and and grab life and give everything a go which is uh I'm amazed whenever you talk about everything that you've done and you've achieved I'm like how have you done that so young (laughs) so much I almost like I almost want to fast forward and see what you're going to do in the next (laughs) 50 years because it's crazy how much you've got into so you know such a short period of time it's amazing um so talking about uh, now coming forward to a home for art, kind of how did that, did you have a moment where you thought, actually, this is where I need to put my attention and this is where my kind of heart is leading me at the moment? Was there a moment where you had that turning point or was it just something that just flowed into being? I think for me, it actually had to be a moment of bravery. Mm-hmm. It was a four-step process. Um, So step one was, of course, having those life experiences. Mm. My father was a drug addict, and my mother has always struggled with mental illness. Mm. So there was a lot of hardship growing up, um, you know, eating gas station food and uh, showering at truck stops, sleeping in the back of my dad's car. There's fighting and separation. So, but I needed those experiences so that I could have understanding and empathy moving forward. And then step two is, of course, all of the creative experiences that I've had. And then three, when I started my master's program in clinical counseling, I was doing a project and I stumbled across a video called Poor Kids that PBS had put out. Mm. And I was watching this documentary of these children who were living in poverty and living with single parents and on the streets and that sort of thing. And I said, I identify with that. Mm. And I was so, my heartstrings were pulled. And I had the idea, just the name instantly came to me, A Home for Art. And I actually waited a year. And I said, it's not time for that now. I've got all these other projects going. I'll wait till I have time. And then in February of 2019, I realized that that was just an excuse and that I would continue to, you know, make excuses and there was really never going to be time. So I needed to just have courage and confidence and believe that anything was possible. (laughs) And so I founded it. And I actually, at the same time, started working in an all-boys group home 
here in Florida. And I really immersed myself in that setting to understand what those children were going through and what it was that they needed and how I could apply these arts programs to benefit them. Mm. And, and um, yeah, I mean, gosh, that, I mean, it's just amazing. And, and I can completely um, relate to the courage aspect of starting something because I think it, you can so easily put something back and come up with a reason. And, you know, it could be, oh, gosh, I, I don't know legally what to do or I haven't mm-hmm. got the money to set up a website or I don't know how to, you know, how to contact people in the community or whatever you can so easily put things off can't you but actually Absolutely. I think sometimes it's just a case of starting mm-hmm. and, and then the minute you kind of start something and put the wheels in motion it kind of takes up its own um, speed doesn't it and um, momentum and then Absolutely. before you know it, you're kind of, you're actually doing it and <laughs> running it and it's amazing, but it's just that little bit of courage just to kind of start, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a difficult, difficult bit, but it's well worth, well worth getting past that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was actually talking to someone too about imposter syndrome because when I first started, and I know a lot of people that I've spoken to have had this. When I first started those couple months in, I had imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I kept going to these fundraisers and events and working with these children and saying to myself, you know, fake it till you make it. But in the back of my mind, I was, what am I doing here? Who am I to ask for money to help these kids? And, you know, who am I to stand here and do this? And I don't know what I'm doing. I was just drawing on education experience at that time, but it really was all about gaining that confidence and getting comfortable with it and taking it one step at a time. Yes. Whether that was, you know, building a website or doing a little public event or fundraiser. So yeah, it definitely. Yeah. And, and it's funny, isn't it? Because I think sometimes uh, when people see the end product, they kind of, you know, and I do it, I quite often look at people and I think, oh, well, they they had the confidence all along, like actually, Mm -hmm. you know, they knew what they were doing and that's why they're so good at it. And yeah, they're kind of sorted. But it's lovely hearing someone like you say that actually, yeah, you had imposter syndrome and and I 100% do. Um, Because I think sometimes we feel like people are immune to that and they're not. I think everybody, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter how good you are at something, uh, you know, I think everybody is, is, you know, has had that. And I think that's, it's such a wonderful thing for the kids as well to see, you know, your bravery and that you've taken a step that was the unknown um, and you've gone for it and you're kind of practicing what you're preaching, aren't you? Thank you. Yeah. And I think what you just said is actually a really powerful message because, you know, people might see me or hear me and say, oh, she's always had this confidence and she's Mm -hmm. done this and that. But it is important to bring that forward. And for me personally, it was actually not so much, I guess the root of it I found out was that I didn't feel deserving of it. I didn't feel deserving of people's time or attention or financial aid or these donations. So it really came down to 
a journey of self-love as well and self-compassion and being able to say to myself, you know, this is okay and accept help and accept love and move forward. So it was definitely for me another chance for growth and empowerment to find that self-love and to feel worthy and to feel deserving of success mm-hmm. and happiness because that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. It's lovely. It's lovely to hear that. And it's so, I think, yeah, it's so powerful to hear other people's experiences. Cause I think we, especially nowadays with social media, you can become so blinkered to seeing mm-hmm. and believing what you see. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's important to hear the stories behind that. Absolutely. It? And a lot of these kids will leave the foster system mm-hmm. or leave group homes or leave homeless shelters, not feeling worthy. Yeah. I think that might be, and as a budding counselor, I want to do more research on this, but I think that might be a theme because when you think about it, these children have already been taken away from their parents, perhaps given up by their parents. So they don't feel loved. They don't feel worthy of love because if your own parents can't love you, who can? So they leave with this mentality of not being worthy and not being good enough and not being loved. And they go out to seek that. Mm. And then you have this fear of success and happiness because you really have this innate sense that's been instilled in you that you don't deserve those things. So I think to be able to break through that, you know, and that one of the goals of a home for art is to do what my grandmother did for me and say, what do you want to do? Let's discover what you're good at. Let's dive into your creativity and you know, it's okay. Let's explore. It's safe here to do so. So it's beautiful. Can you um, can you tell everyone, everyone listening, uh, in terms of a home for art, kind of what your um, mission is and what the services are that you're that you're providing through a home for art? Absolutely. So, um, a home for art. We provide art, music, drama, and literary programs to homeless youth, foster youth group home youth and to youth in disadvantaged schools. Mm -hmm. So right now we are in several different areas across Florida in group homes for boys and girls ages six to 17. Mm -hmm. After 17, they age out of the system. So it doesn't go past that. Um, But really focused on naturally therapeutic and engaging activities to go into these homes um, and private foster homes where the kids might just be sitting around Mm. and not have much to do, or, you know, they might be engaged in negative activities or have behavioral issues in schools. So it's really an opportunity for us to all come together and to focus on their talents and, you know, the creative aspects and these naturally therapeutic aspects for them to process emotions, process things that they've been through, um, and help them succeed after they've aged out. So do you find, um, with the work that you've been doing, do you find there's a particular age group that are most, um, kind of, uh, you know, did you have the ability to kind of get through to the emotions and, and break through that, kind of outer shell if you like of a, of a certain age group do they get to a certain point and then it's harder as they kind of get into their teens and that's a, a great question I think I've been surprised mm-hmm. at how willing 
and open the youth that I've worked with have been. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say that it's an age thing. I've sat down with youth who are six or seven years old, and we've done an activity called What Do My Hands Hold? <clears throat> so they trace their left hand and their right hand. Yeah. And in the left hand, they write images or they draw images and write words that represent their past. And in the right hand, they write words and draw images that represent their futures or what they want for themselves. And <clears throat> I've had kids sit down and say, oh, in my past, I had a dog and I ate a cheeseburger and in my future, I want lots of money and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But I've had more of the six and seven-year-olds who've sat down and in their left hand, they've said, this is me self-harming. This is my parent using drugs. This is my sibling and I climbing out the window to escape my father who's banging on the door. Oh and then you've looked at their futures and it's geneticist, go to college, um, find love, become a veterinarian. Oh. So there's these really powerful moments and that's why I say naturally therapeutic because there are art activities to these yeah. youth. Yes. But if they're open and they're willing, which many of them are eager to share, yes. they're eager for empathy, for sympathy, for support that they might not get. And so this is really a chance for them to pour out these uh, traumas that may be trapped yes. and <clears throat> to work through and process that in a way that's also fun, you know, yeah. and not as intrusive as other techniques might be. Definitely. And that's what, I mean, that's what's so beautiful, isn't it? About the creative setting mm -hmm. is that it's, there's nothing intimidating about the kind of, you know, doing something creative. It's, it's a, it's a free, you know, there's no getting it right, getting it wrong. Exactly. Um, that's the beauty, isn't it? Of that environment. And I think you coming from, you know, the experiences you've had and matching that with your creativity and all of the, you know, everything that you've, you've developed since then um, to marry all of that together and to have that experience with these children and young adults actually um, mm -hmm. is so so powerful isn't it it's uh, do you find yourself kind of looking at some of the kids and thinking gosh I know exactly what it feels like to be in your shoes it must mm. that mu it must be yeah pull at your heartstrings massively it does. And I'd say, especially for me with the older kids, mm. um, I see that same curiosity and eagerness as I had. And I relate to them in that sense. I was at a group home yesterday, actually, with the older girls, you know, 15, 16, 17. <clears throat> and they wanted to play their instruments for me. And we talked about creating and designing a script and then acting out a play and designing the sets and the costumes for it. And, you know, just to see their excitement over that idea and something new and that outlet opportunity, I remember having those moments where I was just like, yes, <laughs> what else can we do? You know, because my grandmother, again, was very encouraging of those things. And she was always having me build uh, tents and spaceship boxes and she made me mermaid fins for the pool so she encouraged these tangible dreams but she also really allowed me to play with my imagination as well and it's funny isn't it how having 
you know, one person in your life that's really instrumental in bringing mm. out that creative side and making you feel like my, my mum, who I've often talked about on the kind army is, is, you know, and I've written recently about the fact that she used to, um, write me little scraps of notes, like in the morning, mm. if, if I was having a hard time or, and she'd kind of, you know, she was always doodling and there were always toilet rolls and that we were sticking together and <laughs> making you know random things but um but it was it's been so instrumental in kind of giving me the confidence now and I think that your grandmother obviously gave that to you and now you're giving it to these children you know going forward and it's so funny because I think you know you you're you know you're obviously not related to these children but it can be such a important relationship to have kind of even if it's you know a short-lived whether you know they kind of go off and do their own thing they hit 17 and that's it but if they've had that experience with you that's just opened them up and given them a chance to experience something new that actually they loved um, that could change the course of the rest of their lives couldn't it absolutely <clears throat> yeah I am um something my grandmother instilled in me or made me realize was that it really does only take one person. Yeah. But what I've come to realize, like you just said, and I'll reiterate is that it can also only take one moment. Yes. Some of these children, you know, some of them are moving in and out of the system. So I may actually go into a group home and have a great experience and come back the next week or the next month and they're gone because they're cycling through. Mm. So it it really can just be that moment where you look a child or an adolescent in the eyes mm. and you say, what's your story? Mm. Tell me about you. It's that intimate moment where you're connected as human beings in that empathy. Yeah. Um, and they may have never had that before, yeah. or at least in this capacity. So yeah, it, it really only takes one person or one moment to change. That is absolutely beautiful. Goodness me. I tell you, you're going to change the world. <laughs> um, and obviously now uh, with everything that's going on in the world, uh, anyone mm. listening to this later, at a later date, we're currently in the, uh, the delights of the coronavirus and locking down and gosh, such a sad time for so many people. Um, but obviously that's going to change the way that you operate. Um, and obviously you're, you've got the, uh, the YouTube channel now where you're yes. um, posting uh, YouTube videos every Friday. Could you tell everyone a little bit more about that so they can, because that's open to all of us, so we can all have yes. a piece of you, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, when all of this um, unfortunate business started with mm. the virus, I realized that I wasn't going to have full access to these children anymore. The school that we are working in did close down for now. And a lot of the group homes are shutting themselves off to people that are coming in, um, you know, that aren't needed for an emergency situation. So I decided to start a YouTube channel mm. that would not only be accessible to youth that were impoverished or disadvantaged, but to youth all over the world who needed a creative outlet and needed something engaging and fun and naturally therapeutic during these times. Yeah. So the YouTube channel is A Home for Art, 
and there will be posts going up every Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern time here in the States. And I really just want to create uh, an environment where it's easy for parents to log on and say, okay, we just need a piece of paper and a pen and we'll sit down and I'm reading stories and I'm asking questions and, you know, just really giving kids that are maybe stuck at home right now, a chance to be silly and have fun and do something creative. And, and I have to say, as a parent to two um, young children, that helps. It's a benefit to me as much as it is to the children as well, because I think it's almost just having that little bit of extra support um, mm. in, you know, in, in and, and like I said to you before we started the interview, I think I'm trying to look at this period of schooling, homeschooling my children as an opportunity actually to open them up to other things that they wouldn't necessarily be taught in school or or maybe wouldn't necessarily be prioritized. Like we're going to be doing art every day. um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to get them involved in more kind activities. um, And I mean, alongside all of the, you know, the usual learning, uh, but I think what you're doing is so beautiful because it gives them an opportunity to explore creative creativity in a more emotional and um, thoughtful and mindful way, which is which is beautiful. Oh, thank you. I love the wording that you used. And, you know, I encourage people of all ages to try this. Um, I will be getting my certification in expressive art therapy. Wow. So that's why I say it's naturally therapeutic now, but not therapy-based because yeah. I'm not doing that yet until I get my license. But I mean, expressive arts work for all populations, all ages, you know, it doesn't matter. So parents could sit and do these activities like what do my hands hold and building strength shields. So it's really a chance for parents and children to connect or it is definitely more targeted towards kids. (laughs) The expressions that I use and the facial, you know, um, facial expressions and the verbal expressions, but it's definitely open for parents too who need a break or want some um, opportunities to look inside themselves. Love that. And can you, um, because this, this um, podcast will be going out after this Friday. So could you just give us, uh, cause you've gave me a snippet of information about this mm-hmm. Friday and the strength shield. Could you just, just to give people a little taster of what they might expect. Um, what the, can you tell everyone about the strength shield? Cause I absolutely love that. Yeah, absolutely. So for the strength shield, uh, parents and children will need a piece of paper and any kind of writing utensil. And then what I'm having the youth do is draw a shield in any shape they want. It can be a circle, like a superhero, a knight's shield, a triangle, a square. It can take up the whole paper, whatever it is that, you know, they're drawn to shape-wise. And then I sit with the children and we virtually discuss what their inner strengths are. So are you funny, caring, loving, adventurous, creative, ambitious, um, whatever it is. And then they are to write words and draw pictures inside the shield or outside or around the shield that, that they picked yeah. Um, so if they were loving, they can draw a big heart in the shield and they can write the word adventurous on the outside. And then at the end, they can, of course, 
decorate it in any way they want, glitter, stickers, um, they can color it in. And then I encourage them to hang it on their refrigerator or give it to a friend or put it somewhere they can see it. And at the end, we talk about how can I utilize these strengths? Um, You know, and I was saying to you earlier, there's a lot of bullying, unfortunately, happening in the school systems Mm -hmm. and outside the school systems these days. So a child can really look at their strengths on a consistent basis, become confident in those strengths, and then utilize them when they're having a bad day or if someone has bullied them and say, hey, I'm going to be loving towards this person. I'm going to be positive about this situation and learn to really rely on their cognitive and emotional strengths. That is so lovely. I, I want a strength shield. I don't know about anyone else, but I think <laughs> I think I need Sometimes to get them, right? Because <laughs> even um, as adults, we can doubt our abilities and our and our um our strengths and our talents. So it's great. I always encourage adults to make things like that or vision boards because we we need a little pick me up too sometimes and a reminder. Definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna be definitely doing that this Friday and, and the children may join me, but no, they were <laughs> you can count on me um so to everyone listening to this yeah subscribe to um a home for art on uh, youtube so that you don't miss out on any of these um and where else how how else can people find you and help you and support you yeah absolutely so um our website it's www.ahome the number four art.org not.com <clears throat> And then on Instagram, A Home for Art, Facebook, and the YouTube channel, it's all A Home for Art. And it's that number four, not F O R, because I thought about the idea of a home as having four pillars. Oh. So we have the four corners or the four pillars of our home where we practice, which is the art, music, drama, and literary services. So it's that number four. And um, we accept donations via Venmo and a lot of like friendly accounts and people can do Facebook fundraisers for us. Um, you just have to type a home for art in when you're searching for fundraisers. We accept craft donations. If you have costumes or notebooks or pens, you know, crayons, erasers, markers, that sort of thing, books that would be great for kids. So really just any kind of support, whether it's views, likes, um, comments, helpful criticism, um, craft supplies, uh, financial donations, all of that sort of thing are, are welcome. Yeah. And yeah. Amazing. And, and just spread the word. Cause I suppose the more, yes. the more that people hear about you and the more people that, um, subscribe to YouTube as well, um, the more the merrier, isn't it? So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to take this opportunity to say, um, just a massive thank you for bringing everything, all, everything that you've been through and all the experiences that you've had and everything that you've gained through that and just using it in such a positive, amazing way where you're helping so many people. Um, it's just, it's beautiful and it's, uh, yeah, it's so inspirational for everyone watching and just keep being curious, keep being you mm-hmm. and uh, we can't wait to see where it goes from here. So we'll definitely keep following and if there's any way the Kind Army can help you in any way, then just let me know. 
Thank you so much. It has been literally an honor to sit with you today. And likewise, I appreciate what you're doing. You're spreading kindness and positivity and hope to people all across the world. And you have a beautiful soul that is just a light. So thank you so much for sharing your glow with others and giving me this opportunity to speak on what I've done. Amazing. Thank you so much. I can't get over how much Michelle has experienced and achieved so far in her lifetime. It really is so inspiring, isn't it? And I really hope this conversation makes you think that whatever it is that you're dreaming of doing one day, don't wait for that day. Do it. Start it now. It's more important now than ever. Just go for it. Michelle is such a gift to this world. Please do support A Home for Art. We'll be sharing all the ways you can do that in the show notes. And until next time, my friends, stay safe and be kind to yourselves. <laughs>